Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Astrologer Bill Atride radio show. I'm Bill Atride, uh, and today is our 17th show of 2020. And, and as I indicated today, we're going to talk about uh, the 2020 election and look at Biden's chart and Trump's chart and uh, both see who they are as individuals in their own right, and then look at the aspects in their charts this year to see how it looks for both of them. And then for us, of course, uh, and uh, that probably will be enough. I think I'll try to do other things in following shows, but I think that's just enough talking about both of them. Um, and of course, uh, after doing that, I'll open up the, the airwaves here and take your calls. And if you uh, wish to talk to me, just give me your first name. And if you want to talk about the, 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 uh, the talk today, uh, just uh, ask a question. If you want to talk about your chart or someone else's chart, just give me Again, your first name and then a birth date and a place of birth. And if you have a time of birth, great, then I can say more. Um, and I'd be happy to do that. And of course, you can always reach me by my email, which is bill at tried at gmail.com. That's B I L L A T T R I D E at gmail.com or look for me on social media and you'll find my numbers in various places so you can reach me and I'd be happy to answer your questions and if you want to get a reading with me which is what I do uh, for many many years uh, please just give me a call or send me an email and we could try to set that up for you okay um, and and I just wanted a couple of notes of what's going on astrologically probably some of you maybe most of you felt this today uh, today was mercury turning direct so it's a special day around 4 this morning, 4.20 this morning. Um, and it's been retrograde since the, the middle of June there, since June 18th. Um, interesting, the next retrograde is scheduled to start on October the 13th. We enter the shadow zone in September 23rd. But from October 13th until November 3rd, the day of the election, Mercury is retrograde. And it's stationary direct on that day which is very interesting because the last time that happened, uh, Mercury turning direct on the day of an election was the 2000 election uh, that was Bush and Gore and the hanging chads in Florida. So not that we're not expecting there to be some trouble this time around. There's always trouble, but uh, hopefully it won't be quite as catastrophic as what happened in that election. But we'll we'll see how it goes as we get closer and closer here. Okay. Um, so again, what I wanted to do today is, is talk about uh, the two candidates right now running for president and, and what's happening in their chart. So I thought I'd start off, since I have talked about Trump quite a bit and written about him and when he was elected and then talking about him in 2016 and then a very deep analysis since in 17 and ongoing analyses of his life and circumstances we've had for the last four years, I thought I'd start off with Biden's chart analysis, then reprise Trump's analysis and a little comparison between the two, of course, and then take a look at what's happening in their charts, which could be quite illuminating as well for us here. So let's let's begin with Biden. So what I like to say is the humanistic approach to astrology um, starts with a consideration for any chart by approaching it holistically. And we seek to understand the chart by first discerning what pattern the planets form with one another. The pattern of Joe Biden's chart is called a locomotive or open angle pattern. The planets are spread around the wheel, filling in about two thirds of space and leaving one third empty. Um, and the locomotive type holds to a temperament that is inherently open to growth and transcendence. 
It can lead to a spiritual or even mystical quality among some of them, and it indicates the ability to move beyond the ordinary and conventional so that the individual is open to wider and deeper appreciations through transpersonal experiences. They are often highly motivated and may feel that they have a mission in life. But with the trine aspect as the basis for the pattern, their temperament can be very flowing and inspirational, drawing people into and on their path. The leading edge of the open angle pattern is a key indicator. And for Biden, it is the moon. Not only is the moon in Taurus leading Biden, as it were, but it's also the rising body for his chart. Those factors, plus the preponderance of water placement in Biden's chart, makes him a true sensitive. He feels deeply, and he is highly intuitive and compassionate. Not only does he feel his joys and pains more than most, but he has such empathy and compassion that he truly feels the pain and joy of others, too. The three most important placements in any chart are the sun, moon, and rising sign. For Joe Biden, his son is in Scorpio, and it is placed in his 12th house. Scorpio is a water sign and is known for its passion and determination. Scorpios are known for their penetrating insight, and they have a pronounced ability to see through the appearances of things and uncover that which is hidden from most. Scorpio rules unions, the processes I call alchemical, and that we know as birth, death, and rebirth. Yes, the miracle of the birth of a child and the agony of losing loved ones will mark Joe Biden's life. And it has. He has earned his empathy and compassion by and through great losses, especially in 1972 of his first wife and his daughter, Nelia and Naomi, in a car accident. But luckily, his sons, Bo and Hunter, survived. He later lost Bo to brain cancer in 2015. We astrologers like to tell Scorpios that they are the strongest sign in the zodiac. We do not always have the heart to tell them why they will need that strength. Biden's son is in his 12th house, which often leads a soul into periods of deep introspection and equally seems to ask that individual to make some great sacrifices in their life. Biden does not seek the limelight for his own satisfaction, as he prefers to work behind the curtain. Through his son trining his Jupiter, Biden will appear to be very fortunate or lucky in this life to many. But what they are really witnessing is the return of his very generous spirit of giving to many, many others. Biden's moon is in Taurus in the fifth house. This means he experiences the tension between timeless values, Taurus, and the equally ephemeral nature of our mortal forms and lives, which is Scorpio, with both his lights in fixed signs, Biden will be purposeful and constant as much as Trump is changeable and unstable. With the moon in the house of recreation, play, and children, Biden will enjoy his life, recreation, and children. The moon in Taurus fosters for him a stable, constant, and calm emotional nature. Biden's third essential quality is the rising sign of Sagittarius. 
Biden will appear as a very direct and open, prone to telling it like it is, sometimes more than he should. We often joke that when Sagittarius is rising, the person often opens their mouth only to change their foot. Sagittarius is the sign of the storyteller, and Biden is well known for his joviality combined with his frankness. It can endear him to many, and it can make others cringe as he makes yet another faux pas. But fundamentally, he sees himself as someone who is here to discover and share the truth and he will be direct and forthright about it. Whereas Trump has his son conjunct Uranus and opposite to his moon, Biden has his son opposite to Uranus. The difference is that for him, the son, it is that Trump is an iconoclast, a breaker of norms. He is the shocker and the disruptor, but with both his lights influenced by Uranus, he is inherently unstable. There is no place of stability in Trump. Biden is shocked by others because Uranus is opposite his son. And so he is himself very stable. So he is challenged to find constructive ways to respond to those who are not stable. Fortunately, he also has Venus conjunct his son. And with both Sun and Venus being enshrined to his Jupiter, he is both gentle and loving and guided by goodwill and a strong moral purpose. So again, so the planetary ruler for Scorpio is Mars. And though astrologers will also look to Pluto as well, for Biden, is, uh, for Biden, his Mars is also in Scorpio and it's in his 11th house. Mars in Scorpio makes for a passionate warrior, someone who you would want on your side, but you would be wise to walk away from if they are opposed to you. Mars in the 11th house fights for social justice, for preserving and advancing the hopes and dreams of others. The planet that is highest in a chart, often found in the 10th house, is also significant. For Trump, it is Uranus, the planet of individuality and freedom. But for Biden, it is Neptune, the planet of dreams, compassion, and sacrifice. Since the 10th house, house is your public life or office, Trump would want to be free to do whatever he wants to do. Trump is born to be an autocrat. For Biden, he would see his career as a calling. He would be inspired by a dream and be willing to sacrifice himself for that cause. But he is not a starry-eyed idealist. He is a very, as we astrologers like to say, watery person. With his sun, Venus, Mercury, and Mars in Scorpio, and his Jupiter in Cancer, Biden is sensitive and realistic, and he is motivated to care for and nurture others. He may wish he were less sensitive, but by, truly, Biden's sensitivity is his strength. Now, looking at Trump, again, I always begin by looking at a chart holistically. After all, it's a sky map and we want to take the whole sky in. So we step back and look for the overall message of the chart. And we see the pattern that emerges by doing that. Trump's pattern is called a bowl or hemispheric shape with all the planets lining up on one side of the chart and the other half remaining open or empty. The bowl pattern implies a great degree of self-containment. 
but often desiring recognition. Here we find a soul that is moved or affected more by external circumstances than by internal factors. Because of this pattern, Trump frames his life by a strong sense of mission, a sense that he possesses something, which is the filled half, but he equally lacks or needs something, the empty space. He'll be driven, purposeful, and feel that he has a destiny to fulfill. But because the pattern is fundamentally based on the opposition, the temperament formed is dualistic. Trump will have an all-or-nothing psychology. He will see the world as divided into two, into us and them. The critical or high-focused part of the bowl pattern is formed by the leading edge of the bowl. In Trump's chart, that leading planet is Uranus in his 10th house of career, public life, and purpose. Uranus is the awakener and brings about change through shocks and upsets. Not only it is his, it is his leading planet, but it's also the uppermost planet in his chart, and most significantly, it is next to his sun and opposite to his moon. If you want to understand a lot about Trump, you only need to understand this influence of Uranus and these other two features, that his sun is in Gemini, his moon is in Sagittarius, and he has Uranus conjunct that sun and opposite to his moon. Gemini is an air sign known for its intelligence, curiosity, its adaptability, and its restlessness. Gemini rules the mind and its capacity to consider things from more than one point of view or perspective, to perceive the world through multiple lenses, if you will, and to assume multiple positions in order to consider which view or views seems most meaningful. When applied in right ways, Gemini is our faculty of intelligence. Geminis love to stir things up. They often can hold one position, then swing to the opposite position without skipping a beat. Geminis are often high-strung, nervous types with a constant need to take in and push out information. Their thirst for information, their insistent need to share multiple thoughts, can push the envelope of reason to that razor's edge that lies between genius and insanity. Keeping up with and following the stream of consciousness of some Geminis can be fascinating, but it, it is sometimes frustrating and fruitless. Oftentimes with Trump, it may be pointless. Being born at the full moon, Trump has his moon in the opposite sign of Sagittarius. The moon rules the emotional life, the emotional needs, the ingrained and unconscious habit patterns of reactions that will reveal how a person will act or react without thinking. And though we like to think of ourselves as humans as being mindful and intelligent and we're self-aware, we actually have a great deal of our, we live a lot of our great lives on autopilot so that when something happens, we will often just react without much thought at all. The moon in Sagittarius is very freewheeling, open and outspoken, so that it leads a person who will be feel, feeling and free to speak with little or no restraint. There's basically no filter at all. Whatever is in their feeling, thinking in that moment is what you are going to get. The opposition of the sun and moon, the two principal indicators of our male and female natures, will create a critical conflict and imbalance between the thoughts and feelings for Trump. The result will be a pulling and pushing within himself, often leading to wider and wilder swings between his cold intellect and emotionality. 
if the spiritual psychological work of accepting and integrating his male-female halves is not achieved, he'll be subject to extreme restlessness, impulsiveness, and impatience. The combination of Gemini and Sagittarius could be harnessed if, and balanced if other factors in his chart were to bring in some restraint and grounding. There are some factors in Trump's chart that could help. However, the principal planet affecting both his sun and moon is that planet that rules the earthquakes of life, Uranus. The conjunction of the sun with Uranus means that Trump will stand out and never blend in. His life will be unusual, full of exceptional moments that break through boundaries. Born to rebel, he would have been independent and defiant as a child, and he would have developed a view of himself as not subject to normal rules or expectations. He can exhibit brilliance and flashes of great insight, but he will at times be equally unable to restrain himself from distractions and erratic behaviors. Again, even this challenging set of factors could have been combined with stabilizing elements to modulate and stabilize him, his nature. But in Trump's chart, the energies of instability and chaos are magnified by Uranus because it's also in opposition to his moon. Trump will look upon feelings and women with great distrust because they are for him, for him so unpredictable and unknowable. He'll be dismissive of and not in touch with his feeling nature. The result is that Trump will swing wildly between his restless intellect and insecure emotions. His thoughts will lack real empathy and compassion, and his emotions will be uninformed by reason. Trump will be capable of some moments of brilliance, but he will lack empathy. He will put on a display of sentiment, but he is truly uncaring. Trump will remain divided within himself. He has remained throughout his life a very unsettled and unstable individual. Many commentators have assumed that Trump's demeanor is purely an act and that he employs his principles of chaos as a strategy, shocking his adversaries to achieve his ends. What his chart reveals is that this is no act. Trump is unstable by nature. He is simply unpredictable because he cannot control himself. The planetary ruler for Gemini is Mercury, which for Trump is in the sign of Cancer. Though he will consider himself to be a man of reason, possessing a great range of ideas and knowledge, and that he can come to his facts and opinions via his superior intellect, much of his thinking and decision-making is unconsciously influenced by his emotions. He will believe that he's being reasonable, when in fact he's often being blinded by his own emotional biases. But much more troubling is that he also has Mercury squaring his Neptune, the planet of dreams and imagination. Neptune is also, when misapplied or misunderstood, like with the square aspect, that that planet then rules fantasies, delusions, and deceptions. With Mercury squaring Neptune, if you can master yourself, you could be wonderful and make a great storyteller. It is a gift for painters and poets, allowing one to slip beyond the boundaries of reality for inspiration. But when combined with the inherent instability of Trump's chart, Mercury square Neptune means that Trump will say anything and mean nothing. He will make something up and then turn around and say the opposite. And then he'll probably turn around again and say some third thing. He will employ smoke and mirrors. He will claim to speak plainly and accuse others of being untruthful. 
he will sow doubt and confusion. He will often promise and not deliver. He is probably not to be believed or trusted much of the time. One of the more challenging aspects a person may have in their chart is a hard contact between Venus and Saturn. Trump has his Saturn conjunct Venus, which means he experienced only conditional forms of love as a child. Rather than being loved truly, he was exposed to love that was given or withheld as a tool for reward or punishment. This is not love. This is the abusive power wielded by an authoritarian parent, most likely his father. Moreover, when Saturn makes this hard aspect to Venus, the child is exposed to the devaluation of women by their father. Without significant help to heal this wound, Trump would have no true experience of healthy self-love, nor would he be capable of genuinely loving another. He would need others to love and admire him, to fill the aching hole in his soul. But he would be unable to show real love to another. Trump can only take from others. He has no love to offer. He would be ungenerous, uncharitable, and treat others as objects, as he can be the only subject in any relationship. This aspect in a chart may indicate and form the conditions for developing what is called narcissistic personality disorder. It has been noted that by many that the actions and overreactions that Trump has displayed in his public life seem to conform to the classic behaviors associated with what is called narcissistic personality disorder. So in short, these delineations from Trump's chart point to an individual who appears fundamentally unstable, often untruthful, and with a heart that is broken and incapable of love. So I thought what we should do is now look at both these charts and see what is happening here in 2020 for both of them. So when considering the astrological conditions in anyone's chart for a year, I'll first look to their progressions and, and look at their major transits. What is remarkable about these two candidates for the office this year is that they are at the same stage in the progressed sun-moon cycle. They are both in what's called a new moon phase. Biden had his new moon in May 2019 in Aquarius and in his third house, and Trump had his new moon in September 2019 in Virgo in his first house. That is quite a coincidence. A seed has been planted for both of them and is now germinating. For Biden, it's focused upon questions of reason and intelligence. And for Trump, it highlights personality and his presence. What is also interesting is that the planet Pluto which is so powerfully moving in the USA chart and around the planet as a whole this year, the planet Pluto is lining up in both their charts. For Biden, he has Pluto making what's called a sesquiquadrate, that's a 90 degree angle plus 45 degree aspect, to his Saturn in 2020 and 2021. The message is that he is facing difficulties in working to transform his personal understanding of reality in order to deal with the disruptive changes in the world. 
what he will need to do is to work steadily and patiently towards progress and transformation within himself, and that way he can also meet the need of the times. For Trump, as I have pointed out for some time now, he is facing several challenges from Pluto. I've called these transits that he's going through his test of power. Pluto is still in conjunct his sun, which is from 2019 through 2020, and he also has Pluto opposite his Saturn now in 2020. It is quite interesting that the mirror of this transit of sun in conjunct sun happened for Trump back in 1991 and 92 when he went through his first and then his second bankruptcy. And then when Pluto was opposite his son in 2004 and 5, he went through his third bankruptcy. Well, the Pluto to Sun transit is forcing Trump to question his sense and source of power. A normal person might become disenchanted with their position. For Trump, he is once again being confronted with his lack of understanding as to the nature of power and authority. He is experiencing time and again, that he does not have the power he thinks or thought he had or should have. An ordinary person might just let it go or walk away from their role, which is no longer working for them. Pluto opposite Trump's Saturn for 2020 is perhaps as challenging, if not more challenging, as Pluto to his sun. Saturn is the planet of reality. And it constitutes for an individual what you think will or cannot change. But Pluto brings transformation. It brings death and the possibility of rebirth. And Trump is faced with events and circumstances that keep showing him that his reality is not what he thought it was. For Trump, he can no longer run on a strong economy. He cannot force people to ignore the pandemic that is killing their family and friends. He is unable to address the divisions within the country because his source of power comes from playing one side against the other. And the greater reality of America's reckoning with its past is something that he cannot understand or allow. But he does not have the power, not personally as he would see or understand it. Our Constitution is based on representative governance, the people have the power. Leaders are here to lead by inspiration, by setting an example. They serve and sacrifice for the greater good. Given Trump's nature, he is not fit to lead. In our system, a leader's power comes from the consent of the governed. And Trump has lost most of the people because he has sought to rule by fear and division. Now his lack of support and his loss of power reveals that his only hold over his supposed allies is through fear, and this is forcing a reality check that he cannot grasp. This point is really brought to bear with a double double transit to Trump's chart. Uranus is squaring his Pluto, and Uranus is semi-square to his sun. This is formed by the fact that in Trump's chart, he has his own sun semi-square to Pluto. This natal aspect indicates that Trump was fated from birth to learn the lesson about the will and the self, Pluto and the Sun. We must all learn this same fundamental lesson, that power does not come from the self, 
power flows through the self to the extent that one has achieved self-mastery and equally respects the sacred center of every other. Then whatever power comes to and through that person will be determined by whatever position they hold. Whether you are the head of a family or a community or a company or a country, the power you wield is not yours. It is only to be used to serve the source of power and never yourself. Pluto teaches that the only thing you are here to master in this life, the only thing you are here to control is yourself. Trump does not understand that his lack of control, his disrespect and denigration of other sources of power reveals that he's incapable of managing himself let alone leading a nation. Unfortunately for America, it has brought us to a very perilous and painful period, and many, many lives have and will be lost that could have been saved. Looking to Biden, another major transit in Joe's chart is Neptune moving into his fourth house. Given that Neptune is Biden's 10th house is in his 10th house of purpose and mission, and the fourth house is the source of your roots and foundations, this will be quite an important time in Biden's life. Neptune is the universal solvent it, as it dissolves the boundaries between layers and realms to reveal the unity of the universe. What this means for Biden is that he's being asked to dissolve or let go of his old sense of ancestral and cultural roots and move into a more universal sense of being centered in a greater understanding. Experiences will help Biden to create a wider and more inclusive foundation. This year is a time when Biden will reimagine and go deeper into the truth of what lies at the root of one and all, and then draw upon that to channel these feelings into his public life. And finally, it is quite interesting that both Trump and Biden have Uranus squaring their Plutos in 2020. <laughs> However, since their birth charts indicate very different approaches and experiences to the test of Pluto, Trump has the difficult semi-square to his son to Pluto. Biden has the very supportive trine of his son to Pluto. Each has had a very different experience of Pluto in their life. Each has faced the test of will and self-control in quite different ways, and that we react to this challenge very differently as well. Given that anyone with these zodiacal degrees of Pluto is going to go through this, this transit of Uranus squaring Pluto is very much a generational experience. For everyone who was born from the early to mid-1940s, this will be a period when what they have built up by the use of their will, the Pluto, is tested and disrupted by Uranus. Sudden changes brought by Uranus will take the form of social and economic upheavals that are beyond anyone's control, forcing all to consider how and what to preserve, but also to face what must change in their private and public lives. Some will be able to rise to the occasion. Some will cope as best as they can and some will certainly fail. For Trump, given his temperament and nature, this square to his Pluto will just intensify his frustration and his defensive reaction and impulse 
possible to be even be more extreme in his attempts to manipulate others and use his powers in self-serving ways in order to preserve what he has. Given the other major transits he's faced with, it does not seem likely that he will prevail as events will shatter the illusion that he, ha that he is in control. For Biden, given his positive sun-moon arrangement, he is more in touch with the lessons of Pluto that the only control you will ever have is self-control or self-mastery. He will choose a response rather than react to events. He will not try to control, manipulate, and divide. He will seek to remain self-masterful and encourage others to do the same. He will understand that real power comes from individuals joining into associations and groups joining with other groups to maintain and secure their common purpose. He will remain centered within himself and serve the source of his public power, which is the people. True power comes from the people. And when a people are united, when they find their common purposes and equally celebrate their diversity, when they are strong, sensitive, and centered in their wills, so that they will never trespass upon any other, they will never be defeated. Let America be what it was meant to be. Out of many, we are one. Okay, well, that's my little statement for today. <laughs> I, I got to get a sip of water here. I've been uh, speaking without stop, it seems, for half an hour. And my throat is parched. <laughs> so um, you've got all been hanging on here quite, quite wonderfully for me here. And I do want to try to get to a few of you before our time runs out today. So um, let me just look at the list here and see uh, just eyeballing and seeing who I may, I may need to uh, call upon first. And again, it's not clear who called when, so I don't know exactly, uh, but I'll try this person. So hello, you're on with Bill, and I'm going to say the area code so you know. Uh, it's area code 305. Hello. Hey, this is Deanna. Hi, how are you? Hi, Deanna. How are you? It's good that you, thank you for choosing. That's very nice. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, could I, um, could I ask you um, how my Uranus is in Cancer affects me? Okay. Um, I think it's on the eleventh house. Sure. Let me take a look at your chart. Um, so yes, you have Uranus, as you say, in your eleventh house, um, and um, what's What's most important about that, that is in a way Uranus's natural house since it rules the 11th sign of Aquarius. Um, and Uranus just, oh. just there would say that, um, given that is the house of friendship and companionship, that this is, uh, you're going to have really unusual friends from all walks of life in this life. <laughs> that's, the, that's the first quick statement okay. that Uranus there brings. But, but you also are fortuitous in that Uranus makes a very nice aspect in your chart to your own Mercury. Um, and Mercury, again, is the planet of the mind, uh, of thought and, and understanding. Um, and a Uranus-Mercury trine means you're more capable of having the mind be able to flow around more limited ways of framing or looking at things and show more intelligence, show more adaptability and the mind's ability to 
keep focusing the, the lens of consciousness from different angles, which allows for better problem solving and figuring things out. So it's one of the defining features that gives a person a, a greater degree of intelligence in this lifetime. But the challenging thing for Uranus in your chart um, is that it is opposite to your Venus. Um, and Venus, of course, is value, beauty, and love. And though that Venus Uranus does make for a sparkling persona for the individual, for yourself, it also can lead, at least initially in life, to some instability entering into relationships and love. And, and, and the message there is that the soul originally struggles with relationship versus freedom. That I want to be in a relationship, but when I'm in one, I seem to have lost my freedom, so I've got to break free of it, or my person has to break free of me, and I'm stuck between seemingly being alone and being free or being in a relationship and being less free. And you have to break that up by realizing that when I'm alone, I'm never free. I'm just alone. And the only way to have freedom is to be in a right relationship with someone who truly sees me for who I am as I see them for who they are. And we create the conditions which allow for that to flourish in and through our relationship. But it's, it, initially it causes some instability and difficulty in getting that right to start for the individual. Okay. But is I, there a relationship ever going to materialize? Well, it says <laughs> the, the key to relationship is friendship and that you would want to be with a partner who is also your very best friend. Otherwise it won't work. It can't be, it can't be pure romantic love. And that, in that context, it's gotta be, no, this is a person I would be with whether as a friend, as a companion, or as a loved one, it's all the same to me because this person quite simply just lets me be me. That's what you're looking for. That's what you're needing in a relationship. Um, but it's it's initially hard with that aspect, so it doesn't make it easy to achieve. It doesn't say it can't be achieved, but it does take a little bit of time, okay? Okay, well, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Nice and, talking to you um, again. Okay, I'll talk to you again. E pluribus unum. Yes, e pluribus like unum for, to us all. E yes, all right. Out of many, thank one. You. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay, Bye. um, let's see who this is. Okay, you're on with Bill, area code 832. Hello? Hello. Hello. Hi, Hi it's Bill. Hi, Bill. Hi. Who, who is this? <laughs> this is Melissa. Okay. I don't know if this is Melissa. This is Melissa. Okay, great. Have you called before, I'm Melissa? I'm a little bit of an echo. I'm sorry. I wasn't sure you were talking to me. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, maybe you're um, listening. I, I had to laugh. At, uh, your, I'm sorry? Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I, was, I, was, I had to laugh at your comment about Sagittarius rising sometimes <laughs> just opens their mouth to make room for their other foot. Um, yeah. <laughs> That did resonate with me. I thought that was funny. Um, my question is, um, my, well, what's on my mind most of all is about my house. I had to move out because it really, I just couldn't stay in it any longer. Um, so I have to decide whether to invest a lot of money to fix it up or do something different. Um, okay. So home is my big question right now. Okay, and have you, you, have, uh, have you called in before? Do I have your information? 
Uh, yeah, it's Melissa three twenty seven fifty one. I see. There you are. Okay, good. Just just checking. Um, all right. So let me Thank just see you. what's what's going on here. Um, well, the um, you have on your fourth house of the home, um, ruling real estate in the home. That's where you have your sun and your Mars and your Mercury and, and Aries rules that house, uh, which is your sun sign. Uh, and that's a very full house with three planets in there. And, and what's interesting is just right now, the planet Mars has re-entered that house for the next couple of months. It moved in there a few days ago. And wherever Mars is in our mm -hmm. chart, we have to be very active and engaged and working on things. But it also, Mars stirs up things and can make for trouble in a place. So it's not saying you should do something, but it does definitely could be a point of, of concern or uh, aggravation or tension in your life at this time is how this may be playing out. Um, whether it's, and your question is whether you should just let it go or fix it up or what is the question again i'm sorry right you know, i have to decide whether to invest in fixing it up so i can move back in or just take whatever a flipper will give me and that i really don't have enough money for another home you know um right. so, it, so it's it, really uh, it's really yeah. getting rid of a home and downsizing to some other kind of smaller kind of lifestyle and space or something is that what you're saying yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, Saturn, right now, Saturn is in your second house. I mean, it's, it got in there back in, it must have been 2019. Um, yeah. And then it's here all of 2020. So Saturn's always where you got to pay attention. And Saturn's the house, it's in the house of values and resources and money and income. And I have to be very smart about um, my values and whether, so looking at this question of whether to, put money back into a place and how much value will it have and then how much value will I be able to get out of it later is that is it a reasonable thing to do or am I putting money in but I'll never get all that money out again so I should maybe take what I can now that's the that's the you have to figure that out in your own equations of of you know is there are certain improvements mm -hmm. we can make and it's going to pay us back at least equally, if not over that. But there are other things that are just going to say, well, I put that money into it so I could live in that house for that time, but I'll never get that money out. But at least I was able to live there. That's fine too. But if I'm putting a lot of money in and mm -hmm. I'll not get that money back out and I need that money later in my life, then this is a bad investment. And so I need to evaluate it and all those things. It doesn't say what you should do, but you need to make this evaluation right. seriously in terms of um, the the cost benefit analysis, if you will. Okay, and um, I'm just seeing if there are any other aspects that would weigh in on that for you in this making that decision. Yeah. I was going to act nice and said first of all, if there's something else that really pops out. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing. Yeah, I'm seeing if there's anything else that might. Um, well, also Uranus is on your Venus this year, which is, again, the planet that rules value and beauty and love, which means this is a really unusual year in relationships, um, but also a year when your values are being shook up, um, meaning my taste buds are shook up, my sensibilities are shook up, I'm reconsidering what is really a value to me. So this would directly, again, indicate looking at that home and whether the emotional value versus the financial value, the lifestyle value, all those things are things you're 
having to be shook up this year. And that's something you need to have that shake up happen to come to a proper evaluation of what's the tr- what's the true value of this for me now. I I I mm-hmm. I, I think you want to be. Um, let me look at where all the planets are again in the wheel. Um, and your progressed moon has been in the sixth house for one year plus, um, year and a half. And that's the house of the ordering of my life, my lifestyle, and the, in my daily life, my weekly life, my yearly life. And this is a time where Melissa needs to look at, does my life make sense? Am I living a sustainable life? Am I at ease in this lifestyle or is it becoming am I not at ease and I need to change my life to be more at peace, which of course is your, Mm -hmm. is the driving theme of your life with Saturn and Virgo. Melissa has always been searching for peace, to be at peace, to have a life that makes sense. And you're going through this period now, which Mm -hmm. is meant to be a healing to set up a life and a lifestyle that is good for you for the near and further future. So think Think in terms of your future and how, what kind of life you want to live for m- several years to come and see how that weighs in the determination mm-hmm. of whether to fix the home or to m- simplify or change your lifestyle, because this is a time when you are reevaluating your lifestyle. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. Terrific. Okay. Thank you so much. You're Thanks. welcome, Alyssa. Good luck. Good luck. Okay. Thanks. Thank okay. you. Sure. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, and let's see, put that person there. All right, I'm calling on 415. This is Bill. Who's calling? Thanks. This is Jessica. Hi, Jessica. Um, I have called before, but um, a while ago. Okay, let me... 71677. Let me see what I have under Jessica. (laughs) I have, you said uh, 71677, right? Yeah. Okay, yes, I have you here. What can I do for you right. today? Um, I seem to have this recurring theme of not attracting people who really value um, my work, like, and also just me personally, like the value I bring into their life. I bring a lot of transformation. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering what that's all about and the way through that. I work on myself a lot, but I'd like to close out this cycle. Okay. Um, let me see. I see what your chart. Let me see where everything is right now. Um, okay. Well, in terms of everything comes that's a gift and sometimes it's a curse right <laughs> we have a we have these gifts mm-hmm. but also they're challenges to know how to work with them and one of the principal aspects in your chart is you have your venus in gemini opposite your neptune in sagittarius and i say to a person like that that you have this very great gift of clairvoyance when you look at another in, in reading into them and sensing things about them and their value and their essential worth and really goes back to the question of love. But the challenge with Neptune is it only works when we get out of the way. And when we're trying to see something or we're afraid we're going to see something, then it skews the perception of our clairvoyant ability. And so we can end up feeling like we saw somebody, but then they turned out not to be that way or they turned on us or something or it was we were deceived or let down. And yet what was happening is we were reading them 
only in their spirit, their spiritual self, which is always beautiful. But we are ignoring the other countervailing influences that were getting in the way of that person being that higher being. And so it requires that you look at people as you do clearly, but then not fall for just that spiritual insight, but also look at their personality and behaviors and real interactions that show how much they've come to that spiritual way of being versus how far they are from it. Um, so in a way, I'd say you really let yourself down. Okay. Um, that's Can what I this... just jump in there for a minute? Sure, because sure. I'm talking about, it's not about love necessarily. This is about people like valuing, I don't know, maybe I'm missing what you're sharing. I mean, I understand what you're saying. I, I totally understand that. I know okay. that pattern. Yep. But I'm saying for them, like I do my work in the world and then it seems like I, I fall into this pattern that I attract people that I have to sort of like convince them what I'm sharing with them is of value. And I don't oh, want to do so. It's, it's, uh, okay, yeah. so it's your the value of the work that you're doing that they are not appreciative of, or as appreciative as you think you deserve to be uh, for the work you've done. Okay. Um, what? Okay. Um, it. I'm looking at it the. Happens with, it happens with people like even if I'm doing a radio show or videos, like I just always attract those people who either don't share it are withholding or just don't appreciate. Huh. Um, let's see. You're, you're, um, you think it, it may be, um, that your yeah it may be that your moon which is critical since you're a cancer in leo is lining up in that challenging way to the planet uranus um, that can lead to you experiencing emotional upsets or shocks in your life and again uranus is in your 10th house of career so it would be coming from that that people um, are sort of being, you're surprised and shocked or find inconsistency with what you're encountering out there. And that throws you in terms of your emotional nature because your moon is in Leo. Uh, and therefore you are counting on and wishing and wanting. We all with our Leo want to be appreciated and respected, but instead you experience some shocks out there. And the only thing you can do with this is to realize that this is going to happen to all of us. <laughs> that, but it's not, not that it doesn't happen more to you than others, but you're experiencing it more, but that we have no control over this. All I can do is be consistent in my product and the services that I offer and count on over time that this will render and attract to me more and more people who appreciate the work that I'm doing. But I will at times encounter people who are, are, you know, not appreciative or not showing the degree of appreciation that I was expecting. But you are very sensitive about that. I mean, you have your moon, your Mercury and Saturn in Leo. And so you have a sensitivity about being appreciated or as it were rejected. And the lesson there for you is that you have to look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm good or I'm great. And I don't need it from anybody else, which we don't. I will then get it from other people. 
<laughs> because I'm not needing it as much. But it's still going to happen that I'll be disappointed and let down. That's the way of the world. But I will not be so affected by it because I'll also know for myself that I did the best that I could do and I'm proud of my work is how you should conduct yourself. Okay? So don't set yourself right. up for that. Don't set yourself up for that. If I don't get it out there, then it didn't happen. It did happen. I know I made it happen. I made it right. I did the right thing. And I can hold my head up high. Um, I mean, I've, 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 in my work sometimes, it's rarely happened that someone didn't like the reading I gave them. I can only think a couple times in my life and the person came back and I wrote them out a check and handed them back their money and blew them away. But that's because I wasn't going to take their money if they didn't like what I did. Um, it was a very troubled person, but that's, that's besides the point. But, uh, but still, I mean, we have, to, we have to have that sense of good self-regard, not in an egotistical way, not in a vain way, just knowing our worth and believing in the goodness of what we're doing will eventually stand true and stand out. And the examples we encounter of other people who didn't appreciate or were wrapped up in themselves or whatever it is that they didn't return the favor or whatever it was, that's not on us. That's on them and that soul. But if I let it affect me, if I let it affect me, what am I doing here? I'm, I'm, I'm disturbing my future and my future encounters are the next person. So I want to remain, you know, to myself true. That's the lesson I think you're experiencing here. Okay. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, I seem to like sometimes attract, like I'm working with this, this lady's working for me now and she's just a very tough crowd and it's, Right. I don't want to be around that energy. So well, again, I don't know if I need to work through something with myself or just well, say, okay, forget it. We're, well, I'm not working with you anymore because I don't want to hear the criticism, let's say. Which she's yeah. not necessarily doing criticism, but she's not like, oh my God, thank you. This is really shifting me type of thing, you know? Well, well you're progressed moon. I mean, you are a cancer. All of us are affected by the progressed moon, but many more cancers are much more. And your progressed moon is in your second house of self-worth and values and talent and ability and your money and income. You're much more sensitive now about these matters, have been for over a year. But at the beginning of 2020, right there in January, your moon progressed into Pisces, the most sensitive sign there is, which it's great for the imagination. It's amazing for creativity. It's great for compassion, empathy. But the flip side of Pisces, it makes us so sensitive, we have to be careful we don't make ourselves into the martyr or the victim and go, oh, woe is me. I mean, we can have those moments, but we shouldn't dwell in that because it's, it's not becoming and it's not going to attract anything good. So this is the time you want to dream big and imagine big uh, and make certain necessary sacrifices in your life and your world because it's the right thing to do. But there's also, this is a time to teach you the line you should not cross. There's a line between making a sacrifice versus being the sacrifice. And if I'm in a situation where I'm really, it's not right and everything is not right for me, then what am I doing here with this person or this situation? It's, it's asking too much of me. I'm giving up too much. I'm not, like you say, getting validated enough. And therefore, maybe this particular client or project isn't worth what it's taking from me is something to consider right now. All right. 
Don't yeah. don't sacrifice yeah, yourself. It's it. it's we have to sacrifice our ego. We have to sh suck up and give up certain things that are points of pride. But we can do it because it's the right thing to do. But we should never give up our core, ourself. And that's what you're being tested with right now. Are shown where that line may be in terms of what I'm willing to surrender, and what I should never surrender. Okay. Mm. I love that. Thank you oh, so much. That was, okay. I love that last line. Thank oh, you. Okay, Jessica, be okay. well. Okay, <laughs> sure. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well. Thanks. Okay, how are we doing? Oh, my goodness. Uh, uh, let's try this person. Okay, you're on with Bill, area code 541. Yes, hi. I've called before, but I'm not sure if you have me. Um, this is Camille, and my birthday is July thirteenth, nineteen seventy-six. Okay, I Tomorrow. do. I do see you. Yes, Camille. Hi. How are you? Hi. I'm good. Um, I'm good. curious about how my finances will begin to open up starting now. <laughs> starting now exactly uh yeah. well we know we're going through a very strange time um let's yes, see so. um you're in the inner measure of time your progressed moon is still moving through virgo uh and it's got another five months to go which means this has been a time of adjustment and uh, a rearrangement in terms of my lifestyle and my work style and all those things and therefore, I, it's, a, it's a time that I've got to show my adaptability to the changing conditions within myself, certainly, but then also the conditions around myself. That will continue till November. At that point, there'll be a bigger move towards partnerships and relationships and new partnership formations and moving into new social circumstances, both professional and personal, will begin to really happen by the fall of 2020. But until then, it's more of a period of adjustment and uh, dealing with certain needs to refine and prepare oneself or something like that. Um, so that's one thing that would be weighing in on this, um, certainly. Then looking outwardly in terms of the major planetary transits. Um, 90 seconds. And we'll ignore that sound. That's just the, <laughs> the show uh announcement let's see oh gee well this year this is a challenging year camille because this is the year that saturn is opposite your own venus um which again is the planet of value beauty and love but being the planet of value there are years we have more than enough value when we feel plenty and abundance and all is great and when saturn's touching venus about every seconds. seven or eight years we definitely definitely have to watch ourselves because we're feeling tests of value and may feel less valued by others or feel less valuable ourselves, or just feel we have less value to go along. It's like we've got to tighten our belt, then cut a hole and tighten it some more. And so this is a year to be careful about expenditures and income and outgo, but it's helping you in so doing to reassess what you really want and what you really need and who you really like and need in your life. So it brings values into clarity and you clarify, I am good at this or I don't need that are things that are really happening this year. But no one would be no one's kicking up their heels and going, Ten oh, isn't this seconds. great? 
uh, financially when Saturn's going over their Venus generally. It's usually a time of testing, not abundance. The good news is, though Saturn goes into your second house at the, at the beginning of 2021, which would provide some serious developments in the realm of value and resources, the planet Jupiter will also be going through your second house in 2021, which definitely means a greater flow of value and resources in your life is going to happen in 2021. But for the short term, I'm not seeing anything that makes me jump up and say a big change is right around the corner here. Um, not with that Saturn on your Venus, okay? So it's a time to reassess values, um, prepare for something, maybe end a project, begin, begin something new, but it's not a flowing time when it comes to value in your life this year, okay? Interesting. All right. Okay. Again, there. I mean, with with you, given that you are a Cancer and your progressed moon's in that ninth house, you can expect that this is the, a time in your life, and with, has been for some time, and will be for another year and a half. That there's opportunities coming for growth and expansion in your life at this point, right. that may come from far away. Meaning that rather than if, I have, if my market's always been within 10 miles of my house or in my own state or whatever, for whatever reason, this is a period could announce that now I need to extend my range of both supply of resources or, or markets that I deliver to can be expanded in a bigger way. Um, so it's something to consider that um, I need to expand the range of my reach in terms of sourcing or right. delivery. That would certainly make sense at a time like this. Okay? Because really all I want to do is I've got to um, maintain what I already have created, you know. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I'm in this home, so get the resources for, for the home. Yeah. And keep my child in the school, get the resources for that. And right. just maintain what we already have. That's exactly. what I'm, you know. That that's yeah. that's the best advice okay. right now because again also, get rid of the things you don't need. Saturn on Venus is a time to do some house cleaning, meaning we sometimes right. hold on to possessions because we think I'm going to need that someday, but I haven't used it for ten years, and by letting it go symbolically, I'm making room for new value to come into my life. It's just a good practice, anyways, to lighten the load and you know clean out the closets and cellar. But spiritually and psychologically it opens the door to the flow of new value into our life. So this is the year to let go of some people who might have been taking me away from what I should be doing. That's on the social plane. Oh, and, yeah. but, but, but good relationships Absolutely. will get stronger and better. They will be tested but become better for this year. But also in the things of my life, let me give myself some space. And by having more space, something new comes in. And that will come next year. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. Thank okay. you. Okay. Okay. That was great. Wonderful to talk to you. Yeah. All right, Camille. Well, Thanks. I'll talk to you again, okay? Okay. 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 <laughs> sure. Okay. Bye for now. Okay, callers. Well, I'll probably do this again next week um, because I, there are many things to talk about here. And this was a rather longer talk today. I know rather than 20 minutes, it was about half an hour. So, uh, But I wanted to get, get it covered and then maybe do some more stuff in the coming week. So my very best to all of you, and hopefully I'll speak to you all next week. Bye for now.